Jupiter Storm, Chapter 9, The Jungle Saturday mornings were the closest her parents ever got to being lazy. Even though there were chores to do, grass to be cut, windows to be washed, groceries to be made, her parents had made a solemn yet silent pact to do none of it before 10 a.m. After the breakfast table was cleared, Jackie's mother would get whatever she was reading and Jackie's father would get whatever he was reading, and they would both read together on the sofa in the living room. They didn't talk. They didn't read aloud to each other. They just sat there. Jackie's mother using her father's lap as a pillow, Jackie's father absently stroking her mother's hair. Sometimes her parents were so absorbed in their books that they didn't even notice the children passing, unless someone said, Blood! Jackie's parents weren't snuggled up on the sofa, though. Her father was making a grocery list, and her mother was under the sink, possibly fixing the dripping faucet. Never seen you sleep so late, her father said. Do we need eggs, Vi? I don't know. Would you like to come finish the sink while I check for you? Her father said something unintelligible as he moved from the counter to the fridge to check the egg carton. Are you feeling okay, baby? Her mother asked, poking her head out from under the sink. I went in to check on you earlier. You didn't have a fever, so I figured you were just tired. Jackie nodded frantically. Her mother had what? Jupiter was right there. Had she seen? But before full-scale panic took hold, Jackie took a deep breath and quietly calmed herself. The terrarium was tucked in the same little corner it had been in for ages. If Jupiter wasn't making noise... There was nothing that could draw her mother's attention about it. Besides, if her mother had found Jupiter, there's no way she would be finding out about it after peacefully sleeping in. I'm just tired, Mama. I don't know why. Jackie's parents exchanged a look. Well, her mother began carefully, you're getting older, and as your body starts to change, it's not unusual for you to need more sleep than you did before. Mom, Jackie said. Her parents had been doing the puberty talk with her in the most painful way possible. Tiny snippets stretched out over an eternity. I'm not going through puberty. I've just been doing a lot of extra work for school. Miss Soraparu is so impressed that she said I might get the Young Scientist Award this year. Her teacher, Miss Soraparu, had said that. Jackie didn't need to mention that she had said it several months before because that would just cloud the issue. Well, you missed breakfast. Jacob cleaned out the grits pot, but you could fix yourself something to hold you over until lunch. Can I go on an expedition? Jackie asked. An expedition. She hadn't even thought about it consciously, so when the words came out of her mouth so smoothly, she impressed herself with her own genius. Whichever part of her brain had stumbled upon the perfect solution without her knowledge deserved a raise. An expedition was a perfect plan. The front of the Johnsons' house was perfectly neat. Swept porch, fluffed pillows, beautifully tended flower beds. Jackie and her mother were in charge of the front of the house. Her father was in charge of the back. And it was a jungle. Not literally, of course, but nearly. Jackie's father was fond of gifts from the birds that her mother called weeds. Every time a wild thing grew in an odd place in the backyard, Jackie's father would say, I wonder what the birds have brought us, and then he'd wait to see what it would become. 
The milkweed had been a gift from the birds, so had the night-blooming jasmine and bananas and some kind of plant that turned from scrawny weed to sapling in less than a week. Her mother couldn't take the chaos, but her father loved it, and so did she. It was their own private kingdom, complete with fire pit and a partially built brick oven that looked like Mayan ruins hidden in thick foliage. You could get lost there, even though the fence was no more than fifty feet away. Periodically, Jackie's father would go beat it back, but it filled back in almost as soon as he had, like digging a hole in dry sand. An expedition into the jungle was not an everyday thing, even for archaeologists, but ever since Jackie was Sam's age, she had enjoyed packing a picnic and spending the day, and once a whole night out there. Even when they were little, Jacob had never joined her. He liked playing outside, but he hated bugs, so he wouldn't go where the foliage was thick. John had joined her a time or two, but it wasn't his cup of tea, and she had threatened Jonah and Judah so thoroughly about ripping off flowers and leaves for no good reason that they both pretty much steered clear. It was perfect. She just needed to wrap Jupiter up in the picnic blanket, stuff that in the basket, then run outside as quickly as she could before he made noise <clears throat> or completely set the basket on fire. A small fire she could just stomp out when she got outside. She was so busy plotting in her mind that she almost missed when her mother said, Jacqueline Marie, it is unladylike to urinate in the yard. She wished she had missed it. Why was her mother bringing this up again for the hundredth time? Sure, she had urinated in the yard probably dozens of times, but she had only been caught the once. Why was her mother making such a big deal about something that only happened once? Seeing that her father was not about to come to her rescue, Jackie swallowed her pride and said, Yes, ma'am. Okay, but make sure you bring all my containers back inside and shake off whatever blanket you use before you put it in the washing machine. The last time I kept finding twigs in the laundry for days afterwards. Yes, ma'am, Jackie repeated, getting the stepladder so she could pull the picnic basket off the high shelf. And make sure you clean out the containers and put the basket back without anyone having to remind you. Yes, ma'am. And when you wash the blankets, make sure you put them straight into the dryer so they don't mildew. Yes, ma'am. And Jackie stood poised for more instruction, but her mother must not have been able to think of anything else because she ducked her head back under the sink and finished with, When you come in, you're in, but don't make me have to send a search party to get you out for dinner. Her father gave her a quick smile, but then got his car keys from the hook in the kitchen and headed out the front door with the grocery list. Smuggling a dragon in a blanket went smoother than Jackie expected. She stepped out onto the back steps with the picnic basket hanging from the crook of her arm, looking for all the world like Dorothy or Alice, right down to her twirly, twirly dress and fancy little shoes. Her lavender shoes looked beautiful running through the tall grass, and there was nothing quite like the feeling of a fluffy skirt flying behind you as you pick up enough speed to run. Some people think dresses are not good clothes for playing, but Jackie was wise enough to know that the only real trick to wearing a dress on an expedition was to not care if it got ruined. She raced past the, the chairs and the fire pit, ducking under vines and jumping over stray bricks and useless paving stones until she got to a little clearing near the fence at the back of the yard. It was only a clearing because she made it one, and every time she went outside she had to clear it again. 
but it was worth the effort. There was a kumquat tree her father had planted and forgotten years before, and a baby locot tree that had sprung up on its own. She was far enough from the house that no one could see her from the back windows, and the chain-link fence was so covered with morning glories that it was as private as a wooden one. Normally, she would have started by clearing all the fallen kumquats and loquats and new weeds from the area, but today there were more important things. She had to let Jupiter out so he could breathe. She opened the basket carefully, peeking at the contents inside as if she wasn't sure what she would find. Jupiter was there, among the containers of fruit and bottles of water, curled up in a sheet as though it were a cave. Their eyes met, and Jackie's heart leaped. It was all so strange, but the strangest part was how normal it felt. Jupiter stretched his wings. They unfolded like an umbrella, knocking the sheet away as they emerged. In the dappled sunlight, they were even more beautiful than she remembered, and strong. Those wings were meant to fly. This is the end of part one of this chapter. We will continue it tomorrow. Part two, chapter nine of Jupiter's Storm, The Jungle. Jupiter beat his wings and flew up to land on her shoulder for a moment before flying toward a line of red ants. She watched him for a while. Here he was free. He could fly around without being seen. Every beat of his wings was like a heartbeat. Jackie could almost feel it. After a while, Jupiter came to rest again on her shoulder, nestling into her hair like a barrette. She wondered if he looked like a barrette. Maybe she could bring him places and just pretend that he was some kind of elaborate hair ornament. Probably not a good idea, she laughed at herself. <laughs> Especially not when barrette, when her barrette suddenly flew away and started eating beetles or something. Did he eat beetles? She wondered as she started clearing the area where she would lay her blanket. Probably, she thought, tossing the taller weeds onto a little pile. The smaller ones would just get smushed by the weight of the blanket, so she didn't bother with them. Before long, her base camp was set up just the way she liked it. The double layer of blanket weighed down by the picnic basket on one corner, her shoes with the socks tucked neatly inside on another. She left the food in the basket until she wanted to eat it, but she kept her water bottle near her at all times. That and her marble notebook that she used as her expedition journal. When she was younger, she filled it with all of her adventures, including the time she had defeated the crocodile from Peter Pan, whom she always called Monsieur Crocodile, even though she knew that wasn't his name, and John Lafitte on that very spot. She flipped past the monkey invasion and the journey to the Mayan temple, where she had narrowly escaped with her life. Then there were the unicorns she tamed and all the pages where a stuffed animal or two from her school had been allowed to venture afield until she finally came to a clean sheet near the end. John would do a far better job with the sketch if John did it. It would look like Jupiter was about to fly right off the page. Hers looked more like a diagram. Jupiter watched from her shoulder and Jackie found herself asking his opinion. What do you think? silence from Jupiter. You're right. The wings are much wider than I have them. You'd never be able to fly if your wings were that small. Jupiter flapped his wings and the breeze they made tickled the side of her neck. What about your tail? She said. Jupiter made a noise as if an answer. I know it's not right, but I can only draw what I see and I can't really see it when it's stuck in my hair like that. 
Jupiter did not pull his tail free so that she could take a closer look, but she got a good look not too long after when he dove from her shoulder to gobble a gnat hovering just above the grass. His wings barely cast a shadow, and his tail flew out behind him like a leaf on a vine. Jackie sketched it quickly and then sat watching him for a long time. He only breathed fire twice. The first time, a quick spark right after he had eaten some ants. The second time, though, he emitted a narrow stream of blue and white, almost half as long as he was. That caught Jackie's attention. She sat straight and put her... She sat up straight and put herself in easy reach of her shoes so that she could use them to stomp out the flames if need be. A fire like that could really do some damage. But Jupiter seemed content after his rather impressive show and just flitted back and forth eating and resting in a rhythmic pattern that almost put Jackie to sleep. The food, the wings, the air, she didn't need anything more. She drifted off to sleep on her blanket, a warm spring breeze caressing her neck. Before long, Jupiter settled into his favorite spot, dozing there as if he had always belonged there. They spent most of the day like that. Jackie woke occasionally for a sip of water, but Jupiter barely stirred. Once she thought she heard footsteps, but realized that it was probably just one of the jays getting a ball that had strayed into the side yard. Nothing to worry about. With the oven and the vines blocking the view, they would have to get really close to be able to see anything, and if that happened, she would have plenty of warning to tuck Jupiter in the picnic basket and hope for the best. She woke in the late afternoon feeling ravenous. It must have been close to dinner time, but despite her hunger, she wasn't ready to go inside. Her mother had a strict no in and out rule, so once they were in, they, they were in, even if the whole world was still outside having fun. Jackie wasn't ready, and Jupiter didn't seem ready either. Their nap had rejuvenated him, and he was gliding back and forth between higher and higher branches in the kumquat tree until he made for a magnolia tree in her neighbor's yard. It made her nervous for him to be up so high, so far away. She wanted him to come back to her, but she didn't know how to call him. How do you call a dragon? Can you, can you call a dragon? He had come to land on her hand and shoulder lots of times before, but that was when he wanted to, not because she called him. Maybe if she put something tasty in her hand, she could train him to land there on command. Jackie had never had a dog, but it seemed as though people who had dogs trained them to sit and stay and roll over with stern looks and the promise of a treat. Having perfected her stern look long ago, Jackie searched around for a dragon treat. Her eyes landed on the red ant hill. Jupiter had been feasting on earlier, but since no one is that foolish, she kept scanning. There was a stray brick a couple of steps away from the blanket. It was either from the oven or from one of her father's abandoned attempts at a flower bed. Either way, it looked like the brick had been sitting there for a while, which made it a perfect hiding place for, for roly-polies. Sure enough, the brick was covered, and two roly-polies and a worm stuck out. The worm made a dash for it, but the roly-polies did what roly-polies do. They rolled up into little balls. Jackie picked one of them up gingerly with practiced fingers and placed it in the middle of her palm. She turned to face Jupiter, holding up her outstretched hand so that he could see the roly-poly there. Jupiter, come, she said. Jupiter stretched his wings wide and dove, gliding toward her effortlessly before pulling up slightly to roll on her palm. The little ball of roly-poly rolled around when Jupiter landed, but it didn't uncurl. Jupiter didn't seem to notice it. He was looking at Jackie, and Jackie was looking at him. 
Good job, Jupiter, good job, she whispered. This was the part where she fed him the dragon treat as a reward for coming, but he didn't eat the treat. Even when the roly-poly foolishly decided that it was safe to crawl away, Jupiter didn't pay any attention to it. You don't like roly-polies, Jackie said, using one finger to stroke the back of Jupiter's head. He seemed to like it. Or are you just not hungry? He doesn't eat that, Sam said. Jackie whipped around. Her mind flooded with panic. She couldn't breathe. She could barely see. Jupiter flapped his wings restlessly. This was the end. See, he said, holding up an animal card for Jackie to look at. They eat ants and termites. That's a roly-poly. Jackie leaned forward to look at what Sam was holding. Her whole body was trembling. She could barely make out the words on the card. Thankfully, Draco Lizard was printed in large, clear letters right across the top. That is the end of part two. Part three, the jungle of Jupiter Storm. She had seen this card before. She remembered thinking that the Draco looked cool, but now she couldn't see why she thought that. The lizard on the card looked pretty ordinary. It certainly looked nothing like Jupiter Storm. Well, they did bear a tiny resemblance in the body, but those pathetic flaps of skin sticking out from the Draco's sides were nothing like Jupiter's wings. But still... The lizard on the card looked pretty ordinary. It certainly looked nothing like Jupiter's storm. Well, they did bear a tiny resemblance in the body, but those pathetic flaps of skin sticking out from the Draco's sides were nothing like Jupiter's wings. But still, do you want to pet him? She knelt down next to Sam and held Jupiter out toward him, her hand steady. Sam nodded, cautiously reaching out to touch Jackie's pet Draco with one finger. Where did you get it? From school. Wait, not like that, she said, pausing to catch Sam's hand. He was stroking Jupiter against the direction of his scales. That didn't feel good to him. Like this, softly and down. See? He likes it. Jupiter folded his wings and wrapped himself up like a cat, letting Sam continue to stroke his head and back. Mr. Fowler didn't want him anymore, so he gave me... So he gave him to me as a prize for being the best at science. Cool, Sam said. What's his name? Jupiter Storm. That's a cool name. It is, right? Mr. Fowler called him Jumper, but that wasn't a cool enough name for him. I had to think of something better. Where does he sleep? In the terrarium in my room. I didn't know you had a terrarium in your room. Yeah, it's been there since you were little. Do you want to see it? Sam nodded eagerly. Jackie hardly ever let any of the boys into her room, so it's possible that Sam was as excited to go in there as he was to see where the Draco slept. Okay, but on one condition, Jackie continued, it has to be our secret. Sam didn't say anything, so Jackie kept talking. Mama doesn't know. If she finds out, she'll make me give Jupiter back to Mr. Fowler. You know how Mama feels about animals in the house. Do you want me to have to give him back, Sam? Sam looked down at Jupiter. He was quiet, and Jackie thought maybe she had better give him room to think. Finally, he looked up and said, I want us to keep him. Okay, so will you promise not to tell anyone? Sam nodded again, holding out his pinky finger. I promise. He looked so solemn, like a little knight swearing an oath of fealty. Jackie linked her pinky into his. 
Good. It's getting late. We should put Jupiter to bed and call the boys inside before Mama starts looking for us. Think you can help me? Sam nodded. Good. Let's get to work. You put the stuff back in the basket and I'll shake out the blankets. Can I hold Jupiter? Jackie was sitting to put on her socks and shoes, with Jupiter still balanced on her hand. Not right now. Maybe later. Do you promise? Yeah, I promise. Chapter 10. Sam. Sam was cooler than Jackie had given him credit for. She actually started to like having him in her room all the time. He never asked if he could. He just came and climbed in her bed before light one morning, and she didn't tell him to stop. It was kind of nice. He was like a little warm teddy bear curled up next to her. She liked threading her fingers through the tight coils of his hair and feeling it spring back into place. Then, at first light, they would both check on Jupiter's storm. He was always awake when they looked. It was actually Sam who pointed out that if Jupiter ate insects, then Jupiter should go outside when there were the most insects, in the evening and early morning. That made sense, and it also made sense that those were the times when Jupiter was the most active. Jackie let it be known that it was getting too hot to water the garden right before school, as she usually did. She'd get sweaty and feel like she needed to, to take another bath right before school started. Nobody took much notice. It was getting hot. And not even Jacob wanted to start the school day off sweaty and gross. So Jackie and Sam started taking Jupiter out first thing in the morning. Jackie would water the garden. Jupiter would eat his fill of aphids and ants and whatever he could find. And Sam was the lookout. Jackie didn't really trust Sam to be the lookout, but she had tried letting him water the flowers while she watched for people coming and going, and that was a disaster. Some flowers were drowned. Others got no water at all. Then there was the fact that he either couldn't or wouldn't use a sprayer without wetting himself from head to toe. A bunch of wet clothes mildewing up the dirty clothes hamper was a surefire way to draw their mother's attention, so Jackie let Sam stand watch. He took it surprisingly seriously, which was pretty adorable in and of itself. That turned out to be a good decision. With such a cute little guard on duty, there was much less chance that any passers-by would notice the dragon flying around their front yard because they'd be too distracted by Sam's adorableness. It especially worked well in the mornings, because in the morning everybody is thinking about where they need to be instead of paying attention to where they are. The evenings were trickier, though. Not just because people were paying more attention, but because the time when Jackie and Sam needed to be inside for dinner and washing up was exactly when Jupiter yearned to be outside the most. At first, Jackie and Sam had tried bringing some critters inside in a lunch container that Jackie claimed to have lost at school. Their mother kept a strict count on lunch containers, but Jackie figured that since she hadn't lost one yet, Jupiter was her dragon, that saying it was and Jupiter was her dragon, that saying it was lost was the best way to explain why it was missing, and it was up to her to stand in the line of fire. Since it was only her first lost container, their mother let Jackie off with a warning. The warning was wasted, though, because the container full of bugs didn't work. As soon as they took the top off Jupiter's bed, he would fly in circles past Jackie's window. She could get him to come back to her, but she couldn't get him to eat the bugs from the container. Not really, even though she knew he was hungry. After a few days of that, 
Jackie felt certain Jupiter would starve, but she couldn't think of a good enough excuse to leave the house after dinner even once, let alone every day. The only thing for it was to let the only thing for it was to let jo Jupiter go out in the evening alone. The first time they did, it was right after dinner. Sam wanted to join her, but he seemed to take the hint when she gently reminded him that he needed to take a bath. That was the time when Jackie would normally finish up her homework or tinker around quietly in her room waiting for her turn in the bathroom. They went in reverse age order, so she was second to last. Once she could hear her mother and Sam in the bathroom, she opened one of the windows in her room wide and closed up her room door as much as she could before Jupiter before bringing Jupiter over to the window. Warm, moist air rushed in. Jupiter seemed to hesitate to leave her at first, but the sight of mosquito hawks on the edge of the porch sent him flying. He swooped down, scooped up the mosquito hawk with his mouth, and flew back to Jackie in a single arc. It didn't take much encouragement for him to fly out a second time and a third. Even though there was still some daylight left, the street light had turned on and the termites were beginning to swarm near it. Jupiter leaped out, gliding at first, then flapping to get higher and higher. From Jackie's window, he looked something like a bat circling among the termites, gobbling them up in midair. He felt so close. The lamp post was at least 20 feet away, and the light at the top was just as high. Jupiter had never ranged so far from her, and yet she felt that at any moment she could reach out and touch him. The termites, so close, that she had to resist the urge to swat them out of her own face. That is the end for today, and I'm going to continue tomorrow.